baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 50, A Brief Moment in the Life of Angus Bethune. (laughs) Okay, so that Uh. is not a sequel subtitle. That is a hint to what this episode is all about. And uh, we are very excited to celebrate our 50th. And in doing that, we're kind of doing a little bit of a callback to our very first episode, if you've been following us the whole time, where we mentioned a very special movie, one that was in particular special to my co-host, Wes. Say hi, Wes. I look like Moby Grape. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was also special to the, to the both of us, but Colin Harmon. Yes, hello. He's also here. Also found I'm it special. I'm also that person. I, I feel special. <laughs> And I'm Corey Draper, if I didn't say it at the top, and uh, I'm just so excited to get things going. So uh, we're doing a little things that, uh, things a little out of order, but uh, Wes, I want you to just take it away. We have a special yes. guest here. Okay. Well, 50 episodes ago, we started this podcast, and our very first one was about the one thing in the 80s and 90s pop culture that made us who we are today. That's really how we started this podcast. And the thing that I talked about was my favorite movie, Angus. And Angus was a cornerstone moment that changed the direction of my life. And I would hate to see the dark timeline in which I never saw this movie. Um, when Angus came out, I was entering that, that preteen age where I didn't fit in and I was constantly picked on. So after I saw this movie, it really changed that, my outlook on life. And the movie is all about staying true to who you are instead of getting caught in that trap of trying to be normal. Because like it says in the movie, there is no normal. Mm. And so if you're an outcast, don't change just because you're different. Embrace whatever makes you weird or unique. And a couple years later, that's what made punk rock so attractive to me. And punk rock very much led me to graphic design, which is still my career to this day. So you can kind of say that Angus was my two degrees from Kevin Bacon, but in life. Okay. Um, so it's with great honor that that introduced the person that I picture every time I said in my head, screw him, Angus. Angus himself, Charlie Talbert. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Excited to be here. Welcome, Charlie. Thanks so much for hey. joining us. I thought you were talking about Lucas for a moment. I was like, oh, the movie Lucas. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how's that for an intro? That was amazing. I'm gonna cry a little bit, and I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, super excited to have you on, and we'll we'll get to Angus in a second. But this podcast is all about 80s and 90s pop culture, the things that we grew up with, and the things that affected us, uh, and, and and really influenced us into who we became and who we are now. So we kind of we do this with every guest that we have on. We ask them this question, and and Charlie, for you, what in pop culture and growing up in your childhood helped you become who you are today? Uh, I would tell you that it would be uh, it would be a tough relationship with uh, my classmates that brought me to uh, SCTV. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> you like that segue? It's a little <laughs> off-putting. You think you got to give me a hug for a moment? <laughs> no, I uh, I turned to comedy. I was a big kid. I got picked on a lot, and I turned to comedy to kind of get through that uh, hurdle. Uh, as opposed to jumping over it. And, uh, yeah, SCTV is Second City, right? Second City TV? Yeah, yeah. Second City TV uh, with, you know, John Candy, uh, mm-hmm. Martin Short, uh, Andrea Martin, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Joe Flatterly. Uh, you know, I, I also Saturday Night Live, but 
I when I was younger, I figured I wasn't the SNL cast of my school. I was the SCTV cast of <laughs> nice. my school, so I turned to that a lot. That's cool. Have you done a lot of um, uh, like improv growing up or stand up? I, I actually uh, I did delve into it. I quit acting. Uh, I would say about 2006. Um, I decided I wanted to get married, and I was tired of being the funny fat guy in movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I got to get married. I got to have kids. I got to do that whole thing. So I became a haberdasher. And uh, I used to work for a company called uh, Joseph Bank. And I, I was a uh, regional loss prevention captain for those those places. But what I liked about it, <laughs> what I liked about doing uh, suits and stuff is you got to be a part of the biggest moments of people's life. You know, weddings, getting that job, et cetera. Oh, yeah. mm. uh, but then uh, when the marriage didn't work and I was like, you know what? We've this isn't going to work out. You haven't lived a life. You, she was like nine years younger than me. I was like, you go be free. You go have your moments. <laughs> uh, and I, I woke up about a week after my summary dissolution went through, which was not a divorce. We just amicably split. Mm -hmm. And we're really good friends to this day. And I was completely naked. My room's all half mirrored. <laughs> and I still look like I do from Angus. So it was a very pretty look at <laughs> So I got up and I just started spitting out this five minute routine that was in my head in a dream. And uh, I did it again in front of the mirror. And then I threw on my clothes real quick and I went, ran over to my buddy Dan Smith. And Dan Smith uh, was one of the guys that helped get Family Guy off the ground. He, uh, oh, yeah. mm. he were, he's right now the uh, India's division. He's the head of India's division of uh, is it uh, Rockstar Games. And oh, cool. I ran over there and I'm like, Dan, Dan, and he's like, why are you naked? And I'm like, <laughs> I've got something funny and we've got to do it. And uh, we hammered it out hammered it out over the next uh, few days. And it took me, I, I would say it took me about 30 open mics in two weeks to realize that I loved comedy. Nice. So I, so I started doing stand-up. And this was after having taken a couple years worth of uh, Groundlings training. Cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, doing doing stand up that often and failing that often as it, as it happens and when you're first starting out. If you're still doing it after 30 times, that means you love it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I bombed 50% of the times yeah. and those were my favorite oh, moments nice. cuz I black out when I'm I'm on stage if I'm doing good. <laughs> I cannot tell you what I'm doing up there so I record everything. But if I don't if it goes really bad, I don't black out and I suddenly become really aware. Yeah. <laughs> So I enjoy it with the audience. That's was so there cool. like a teen movie or TV show that kind of influenced you in like those kind of teenage years that kind of the way that Angus may have influenced like a lot of of the people that saw that at that age? There was. It was Degrassi Junior High. OK, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the right era. Yeah. Degrassi, they would show it in school. Uh, they showed it in our school. There was a one hour whatever class it was. And they showed Degrassi Junior High, and it just uh, it, it, it pointed me in the right direction. It said, hey, it's okay to be not the normal before I even touched Angus. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that they still have that show now, which is kind of crazy. I think it's kind of been rebooted quite a few yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, tell But that, that did it for me. Yeah. So tell us the story about how you got the part for Angus. Yeah, this is a pretty cool story. Yeah. Well, it all started... Back in 1923, <laughs> I, was, no, I was a fast-talking career gal. No, um, the days of yore. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I was a uh, quick segue to it. Is I used to work at a car shop at the corner of my block that a lot of my family members had worked at with a guy named Tony Ruffalo, who had a uh, 
Ringo Starr haircut and a heart of gold <laughs> and a uh, funny car, a, a beautiful uh, black and gold funny car that he kept out front. And uh, I would work there every week and he got me into cycling, you know, interested in cycling, uh, track cycling, velodrome cycling. And we would go down to Northbrook, Illinois a lot, and our friend Amy Tremelling uh, was competing for the Olympics. And we would go support and be kind of her pit crew. And we were coming home one night, and there was a Wendy's that hung over the freeway, and we would often stop there. It was like 12 o'clock at night or so, and I was like, uh, no surprise here, guys, but I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> and <laughs> watch all those people work out. Um, the square burgers, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, so you knew you weren't getting ripped off. That's right. Uh, so, so I went up to visit my buddy Dave Thomas, and uh, there, was a, <laughs> there was a friend working behind the counter, um, and I was making her laugh. And there was quite a bit of people there. Uh, I guess between Chicago and Kenosha or Milwaukee, you're going to get a bunch of people. Um, and everybody starts laughing, and this fella comes up to me, and he's like, Hey, would you like to be in a movie? And, I, and I'm like, uh, go away, sicko. <laughs> no, no I, I said, are are you gay? And he, and he goes, what? Why would you ask me that? I said, well, we're near Chicago. It's twelve o'clock at night. I'm a boy with tits, and you want me to be in a movie? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, 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 no. I, I, I directed a movie called uh, Spaced Invaders, and I knew that movie. Oh, man. I yeah. loved that movie. He's like, yeah, I wrote and directed that. And, and he's, like, trying to pull out his ID, and I see that he's got a couple, like, credit cards and stuff like that. Like, he's got an Amex card and all that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, really? so he's not trying to he's, – he's, he's a guy with, like, a record, so people know who he is. <laughs> okay, I'm good with that. And uh, he says, I'd love for you to come and audition – uh, next week at Planet Hollywood, there's an office upstairs that bl belongs to a casting director named Jane Alderman. Would you like to come read for this movie? We've been trying to cast it for three years, and I think you're the guy. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Um, and I told my friends about it, and Tony took me home, and I went home, and it was like, you know, at this point, one something in the morning, and I'm like, Mom! Mom, I'm going to be in a movie! And she's like, shut up and go to bed. <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> okay, so... So I went downstairs in the basement where I slept, which most, as I could tell by your podcast, most of us do. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we become funny. Um, I grew up in a house with like, at one point, 14 girl cousins and like wow. five guy cousins. They all lived at my grandma's because she had the best school in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so we weren't too far off and we'd go stay with her. But uh, at that point, uh, I went down the, the following, uh, following week and I go into the, the waiting room and there's these extra wide chairs. And I'm like, oh, they make a chair for me. This is nice. <laughs> and then and I, was I see a couple other kids that look kind of like carbon copies of me. And I'm like, ah, this is a factory of some sort. <laughs> <clears throat> so I, I, I go in and he's not looking at me, but Patrick's in the room and it's kind of dark in the room. And uh, he, he, I realize who Jane Alderman is. Jane Alderman cast Rudy. And oh, I'm, that's one okay. of my favorite movies. That yeah. movie too. That movie changed me a lot. Um, uh, that one's just embedded in my DNA. And um, and so he goes, "Hey, I want you to read your sides." And I'm like, "What the f is a side? What is a side?" And, I was at goes, Wendy's a while ago. <laughs> What's that? I was just at Wendy's a while ago. <laughs> yeah, right. goes, like, uh, sides like, come with biggie yeah. uh, sizes. Yeah, like, like baked potato. Okay, or... You want fries? You want a potato? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. 
Colin's right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, you're the kid. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, what do you do? And I'm like, I, I came here because you told me to. A strange guy told me to come to Chicago. So I'm here. What's up? And he's like, uh, well, do you like to have fun? Do you do school plays? I was like, yeah, I do a lot of plays. I usually sleep in the school the night before a play and just to kind of get the feel of the building. And uh, he's like, oh, that's neat. I was like, I do impressions too. So I did like an impression of Jim Morrison where I proceeded to turn away from him and stand in the corner and <laughs> sing my own songs. And then I like, did Elvis Presley and all this stuff. And he goes, hey, man, I want you to come back in a few days. I want you to read this stuff. I want you to learn this stuff. I want you to come back and read for Jane. And I'm like, cool, you won't be here, so I won't get it. Good. Okay, no problem. <laughs> and uh, so he left, and I, I went back. And, and a couple weeks after auditioning for Jane, they flew me out to uh, – he, he called and flew me out to Los Angeles with my mom. And we stayed down in Santa Monica. And they're like, hey, we want you to read with some people. And we want you to meet the producers and stuff. And I said, okay. And uh, so we went there, and, and they, they put me in a room, and I meet Ronnie Eskel and Richard Hicks. And they're casting, and uh, they send me in the room, and I'm sitting there, and they bring in Chris Owen uh, from American Pie. Mm -hmm. um, from and, Angus. Yeah, yeah. And, well, his first movie. <laughs> well, he movie, was in uh, Major Pain. At that. Was, was that the, before yes. this? That, yeah. that was just before, yeah. just before. Uh, in fact, I learned that that night after we went to Universal Studios and saw his face like 40 feet above my head. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's you. Uh, hey, you you're Williger who knew? And um, <laughs> so he, he said, man, it's going to be cool. This is going to be awesome. So we started finishing each other's jokes in the room. But what we didn't know is they left us alone and there was a camera in the room oh, and they wow. were all watching from the next room. And you're like, I knew it. Yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> Neither of us knew until like a few days later oh, wow. that they were watching to see if we get along. And we did. So they come in the room and they're like, listen, we're kind of busy today. Um, <laughs> so we're going to we're going to give you guys a couple hundred bucks a piece and send you to Disneyland. See if you get along. And I just looked wow. up. As Who doesn't get along kid. at Disneyland? <laughs> Yeah, right. That's exactly what I said. I said, "Who the hell's not going to get along at the happiest place on earth for twenty five hundred bucks?" Yeah, but okay, we'll try. You know, and uh, we got along. They brought us back. We met James Vanderbeek. Uh, that was his first major movie, and uh, the rest is history. Right. Wow, that's that. Uh, that's pretty incredible. Like, I mean, what was that like at, at that age? I mean, were you young high school at that point or middle school? Like, what what age were you at that point? It was just before high school was okay. going to start for me. Yeah. yeah. So what is what is that like? I mean, that's like the 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 American dream of just like being discovered in your own element and saying, "Hey, you want to be in a major movie?" And Seriously. then suddenly you're you're an actor. Is that like what was that like at that age? Well, I had a gentleman uh, by the name of Frank Carmichael and his wife Kim Carmichael who run this uh, magazine in Kenosha called Happenings Magazine, but they also have their fingers in a lot of the community. Mm -hmm. um, and they really pushed for me. They got me like local endorsements with Cherry Coke oh, and cool. things like that. And they really kind of put me out there. It it, it really helped me uh, like prepare for what was coming up. And um, it, I was in love with a girl. Uh, named Bridget Hug from uh, kindergarten to twelfth grade, mm -hmm. uh, and she was my Melissa Lefevre, yeah. and that's that's why that movie was so easy to wow, do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and she ended up marrying a guy named Charlie that looks very much like me. It was amazing. <laughs> I kid you not. But we're wow. really good friends, all three of us. Uh, uh, so I guess I kind of won. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, we. The, I'll tell you the first time it hit me was when I went to go see Mortal Kombat. And we were sitting there, and the previews came on, and right after Don Juan DeMarco, Angus came on, mm -hmm. and over my left shoulder, 
was Bridget and her friends that didn't like me. Wow. Bridget, Bridget was totally cool. She was awesome. Always made me feel good. And I just stood up and I went, and this is going to blow your speakers out. I just went, aha! That's me. You suck. And I just sat back down and... It was the happiest moment. So of my life. that it, you were literally living the dream. I think we've all like had that moment in our head ha- like happen, but not actually happened before. So that's that's amazing. <laughs> that really is. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And now if we just hadn't opened up against Babe Pig in the City, uh, <laughs> um, those pigs will screw you every time. Pig in the city. <laughs> that was a pretty good movie. It took me about so oh, I'd say two decades to say Babe Pig yeah. in the City. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, looking, yeah. looking back at it now, what was it like being a part of, like, such a great cast? Like, uh, you had Kathy Bates, you had George C. Scott, you had, like, all these, like, veteran actors around you. What was that like to kind of really, like, star in a movie like that? Listen, uh, not just SCTV, but things like The Ed Sullivan Show, mm. things like, uh, oh, uh, oh, goodness, why can't I think of it? Uh, um, uh, Wilkins, Wilkins, what was the variety show? Uh uh, with Arthur, who could tap, and uh, oh god, uh, the singers. I'm trying to. I think hey, you're losing us. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't that, yeah we're too yeah, young for that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep passing that. Okay. But lo- long story short, these older shows that kind of made me. But watching all these movies, I knew who Patrick. You know, I knew who. Uh, you know, um, I knew who Patton was. Yeah. I knew it was George C. Scott. You yeah. know, right. I knew who Kathy Bates was, and I knew who Rita Moreno was. Uh, when I met Kathy Bates, she actually let me pick out the cover for Dolores Claiborne. Um, which I knew was a big thing because she like had final say so. Yeah, yeah, okay. the, with the house and the mountain and the mountain. She had final, final rights to the cover. And the first time I met George C. Scott, he got out of the car and, and I knew that he'd worked with Peter Sellers and that was just oh, I was just so hyped mm-hmm. about it. He gets out and he goes, "You must be Charlie." And I go, <laughs> "General Padden knows my name." <laughs> <laughs> and I just it, it just made my and Irving Kirshner who plays chess with uh, my grandpa in the movie who I have to tell that my grandpa's passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he from, directed uh, Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what, so what, that's crazy. Like, what what kind of relationship was that? How was he involved in that? Um, the show I was thinking of was Lawrence Welk. Uh, 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 Lawrence Welk show. The director, uh, Patrick Reed Johnson, was mm-hmm. the very first person that didn't work on the project that wasn't involved with the studio to see the movie Star Wars. He is fan number one. Oh, wow. Uh, he actually made a movie about it that he worked on for like 10 years. Actually, I, you'll see me in the credits for that because I helped him, oh, nice. uh, you know, in the beginning stages and the end stages of it. Um he got to go see Star Wars, and and uh, he created a bond with these people. And uh, him and Irving Kirshner were connected, and they were friends. And he brought him on because of that fact, because of his love. Wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. So I, there's something that I, I, the first thing that I said when, uh, when Wes brought up Angus, the first thing that came to my mind was the soundtrack of Angus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We loved it. Did you, did you listen to it at all when the movie came out? Did you, were you involved with, uh, with, I mean, probably not selecting the songs, but like, did you guys know the songs that were selected throughout the movie or was it a thing after the movie came out? We did originally, um, keep him separated, uh, was the lead song in that you'll see uh, clips in the movie with yeah. us bobbing our head. Oh, That's yeah. actually during the screen test. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and they just intercut that footage with the different looks uh, as he was trying out the different looks on me. Uh, and they moved that over to Green Day. And Green Day had just lost, uh, you know, uh, sorry, Billy Joel had just uh, 
lost a friend. So mm-hmm. Jar Jar had come out. Uh, you know, that was it was all part of it. And um, uh, there was a uh, a song during the dance that was "Calling All Angels" by um, Katie Lang that was replaced with uh, Mazzy Stars. Um, I can't think of the song now, but it it, it was one Fade of the best choices you. they made. Yeah, Fade Into You. Yeah, and, and, and it was the soundtrack hits home so much. It's it's so amazing what they did with it that the soundtrack is often how people are introduced to the movie. Yeah, it you know? very does like it does like have the finger on the pulse of like kind of that alternative rock scene at that point. And that's you know, like I said, I got into punk rock a few years after this. I feel like even the soundtrack really kind of influenced me and kind of opened the doors to that kind of music. So like I do have like a completely separate uh, relationship with that soundtrack so mm. it's like yeah it's just it's crazy to have both of those things be so good and influential mm. right yeah, yeah uh lay the blame on love uh the, the very opening song to to angus uh you'll notice that it's more powerful than the one on the soundtrack because the warren township band uh which was um patrick Reed johnson's uh high school added music to that uh, to that song for to the, the love movie split love song? yeah love spit love yeah i don't know if you have heard this but are you a fan of blink 182 at all a bit yeah uh i read in a magazine years ago i think it was early 2000s that one of the lead singers tom DeLong, wrote a song called uh what what went wrong and he said that it was influenced by the opening song of angus like he said huh. he called that out in the magazine i'm like wow two worlds collide yeah, that's, that's so really crazy. Wild. I'll have to I'll have to write him something. That's yeah. that's really good to know. <laughs> no, not not a joke. I, I I really love these strange connections. It's yeah. it's amazing how many degrees of separation you are from people because you are actually you would be. Is it is it a degree of separation when you work with a person or is it two degrees? How's that no separation? Yeah, we, I've I've never been able. To, is that one degree or zero degree? Yeah, because yeah, you know Ariana Richards was in uh, who's Melissa Lefevre in the film who did it phenomenal job mm-hmm. she was in tremors with kevin bacon so oh, yeah. there's that uh, there's uh, a, there's that's a You're pretty close yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 0.01 degrees so um so after angus came out uh did you know were you were you treated any differently i mean even by the girl who didn't like you i mean was was there any change now that you were in this like major emotion picture i i, I would tell you Chris knew a little. Chris Owen knew a little what to suspect, you know, expect. Yeah. Um, and, and James Vanderbeek and I didn't really know much about it, and we talked about it on and off. What a phenomenal, talented guy that guy is. You know, he really showed what the bullying and things like that would be like, you know, mm-hmm. and how it affects people. And it just reminded me so much. That character he portrayed reminded me so much of the people that were, quote unquote, my enemies growing up. Yeah. When I came back, that mm-hmm. all changed. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it really it was a different face I had when I went back. I was a little bit more cocky. I was a little bit more I was more of the betas alpha when I went mm-hmm. back right. and I was able to kind of hold my own and get through high school. Um, so it didn't change me too much. Um, it didn't take me anywhere like phenomenal. Uh, as far as like the movie being a great success or anything like that. But for me, it gave me direction in my life, which I didn't know where I was going to be headed. Hmm. That's great. And then it it pointed me in the right direction, you know. So you got into comedy and then it seems like you got into a lot of like acting projects. Like, are there any kind of standouts once you started acting again? 
Um, actually, yeah, uh, Christopher Barry uh, from Free State of Jones, uh, Walking Dead. He has been a good friend of mine since like my third or fourth movie uh, in the late nineties. Uh, he he asked me. He said, you know, dude, you should come down to New Orleans. There's plenty of work down here and quality work. And uh, I have somebody that wants to rep you, and I was really excited about it. And uh, as soon as I got down here, four days later, I was I was working on um, a movie with Tom Hiddleston called I Saw the Light, and I was no longer the funny oh, yeah, fat the Hank kid. Williams movie, yeah. And then right after that, I booked uh, The Big Short, and yeah. uh, and it's it started putting me in these scenarios where I could be characters that really represented me as a person, um, were a bit darker, were a bit, uh, you know, wrong in their, their opinions, in my opinion. <laughs> and it, uh, I would tell you, those two films really started me out with a good kick hmm. as far as what I'm doing. And then uh, Camera Obscura, which um, was directed by a newcomer director named Aaron Kuntz uh, and produced by Andrew uh, Van, Houten, uh, Van Den Houten, who just did Darling with Pollyanna McIntosh her directorial debut, I get to play darker characters now. Mm. And that's really, really where the comedy comes from is yeah. being internally dark. So yeah. it's nice to explore that. And you can't be good at comedy unless you get to explore your darkness. That's very true. Do, do you find that, uh, do you find that being good at comedy makes you better at dramatic acting? No, it's reverse. It's completely so? reverse. Okay. Yeah. you. It, it's very hard to, it, unless you're really good at comedy. I mean, if you right. are good at comedy from the get-go, then you're good at drama. But if you get good at comedy, if you fumble into comedy, you know, Chris Farley said to me about a month before he died, I, I listened to a few of your guys' um, podcast. We were shooting a show with his brother called Head Over Heels on the same lot over on Sunset Tower mm -hmm. while they were shooting uh, news radio. And we had both the cast oh, wow. kind of converging oh, that nice. night. Yeah. I actually own uh, I own Chris Farley's jacket from Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh, that really? was amazing. Oh, that's amazing. That was created by uh, Greg Nicotero. From um, Walking Dead? out of car seat covers and I have a picture on my Instagram with wow. me holding uh, wearing the jacket and he was very excited to see it wow. but awesome. but uh, he, Chris Farley said to me he said you know you want a picture I said no man I just want to remember this moment and he, <laughs> he said remember never let them laugh at you make sure they're laughing with you mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of where my philosophy of comedy comes from yeah aren't you friends with Chris Farley's brother is that right yeah uh, both of them Kevin and John yeah yeah, okay. uh, yeah. yeah the the um that's how that's where i met uh the father we're both we're all wisconsin boys I'm okay originally from Kenosha, wisconsin so it was pretty easy to hit it off and become buddies yeah well so you have uh, a couple of projects you're working on right now but there mm -hmm. is one in particular that i feel like is right in the wheelhouse of, of us and our <laughs> listeners so i'd love for you to talk about max reload and the nether blasters for a little bit and tell, yeah. tell us what it's all about and and uh where we can find it once it's uh, officially out and all that stuff i think this one's gonna hit theaters this one uh this one great grenberg is uh is attached to producing uh but you have scott condit uh, you've got Rod Edwards, you've got uh, Jesse Lovell, Jeremy Tramp. Th those mm -hmm. guys, Scott Condit and Jeremy Tramp, 
they designed this project, and I, a friend of mine, uh, Farrah West, who's uh, Farrah West Casting, she said, you got to read this. And they were actually Angus fans. And mm. and when they found That's out cool. I had read the script, they're like, who do you want to be? <laughs> I was like, I want to be the 80s fire chief. I want to be the 80s fire chief, please. And they were like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And they named him Ernest Klein, actually, um, uh, which is, by the way, uh, Ready Ready Player One. Yeah. The first time I read it was a week before the movie came out. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. And I fell in love with it. And I read it like three times since. And uh, this is this is along those lines. Basically, uh, it starts out. Kevin Smith is on board, which we had a yeah. great time with. Him. I, I love Kevin uh, Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you you can't not love Kevin yeah. Smith. <laughs> like, he's the king of geeks. Exactly. Uh, well, so long story short, uh, this little dude Max, you know, he 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 gets a hold of uh, a video game that was long since thought destroyed. I can't go too much into it until I'm told what I can say about it. Right. <laughs> I, uh, but I can tell you that it's uh, it is it is definitely the game itself has taken many forms uh, other than a video game, and uh, things get dark. Uh, think uh, <laughs> think the '80s meets The Walking Dead. If oh, wow. you were <laughs> if you were sucked into a video game such as the movie uh, Stay Tuned with John Ritter, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like you know, you would think that Jeffrey Jones' character created this, you know. Um, but it's it's definitely a, it's going to take you down a serious memory lane, and it's going to blow your mind with the people and the the just the physical sets and costumes that this this movie it, it it's going to. Um, it's going to t- it's going to bring you back to your childhood. You're gonna be you're gonna think that it came out the week after ET came out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. When is it that's... supposed to be released? Uh, they, you know what? They're just finishing it right now at Cineforge. So I think as soon as the final product's done, they're going to uh, give us the release date. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm super super excited about that. I, I drove. I live in New Orleans now. Uh, and I drove like to Arizona to do this, to drive right back to New Orleans, to drive oh, wow, right wow. back to do Sargasso. And I was like, oh, this has got to happen. This has got to happen. Yeah, I, I just doing some research on it and fi- finding the Kickstarter videos and just some of the interviews they have. It looks really cool it so does. far what they've been what they've been releasing. So yeah. definitely okay. recommend people check it out and, and look it up online and pay attention to when it comes out. Um, so th- there's a couple you mentioned, um, Sargasso, and, uh, you know, there's uh, another one you're working on called Darlin. Anything you want to say about those yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, Dar- Darlin right now, uh, it was sent to Cannes, so they're working on their distribution. Oh, nice. uh, Darlin was uh, Andrew Van Den Houten, who also did um, Camera Obscura mm-hmm. uh, as a producer. He and Pollyanna McIntosh from The Walking Dead, she plays Jadis on The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's her directorial debut, and it's a sequel to a movie that she did with a, a couple of friends of mine, Angela Bettis from May and uh, Sean Bridgers from uh, the new Get Shorty series and Deadwood coming up. Cool. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's basically this this. I would tell you that it's uh, about a, a woman who's been pulled from society and survives via the wild, and unfortunately, society encroaches her life and vice versa. And uh, I won't go into any more than that. Okay. Um, but I will say that it it's it's one of those movies that you watch and you go, "What am I watching?" And when you're done, you're like. Wow, I'm glad I saw that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, it, it just sinks into <laughs> you because it goes into the the psyche of of people and 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 
how to survive in different kind of scenarios in your own psyche. Yeah, sounds super intriguing. I like it. It, it really is. It's yeah. based off of uh, the characters uh, created by Jack Ketchum, who recently passed. So, Okay, so um, there's one last question that we have mm-hmm. written here. Uh, if, if, and this is just kind of time to dream. If you could star in any remake or reboot. Now, there's a lot of reboots happening from like 80s and 90s pop culture. If you could star in any of them, or at least even just be a part of it, what would it be? I can neither confirm nor deny uh, that I'm in talks with uh, Chris Crutcher or uh, or uh, anybody of the like, Patrick Johnson or mm. you know, Jeff Lamb or anybody like mm. that. But I would tell you, uh, reboot-wise, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was up for, before it got canceled, it was between me and an actor by the name of Texas, uh, for Ogre. And there, it with uh, Chris Margett in the Revenge of the Nerds, uh, Revenge oh, of the wow. Nerds remake. Oh wow! Yeah. And that was, I think, like mid to late two thousand. Was that filmed in Atlanta? No, it was never filmed. Or it, it was. It, I feel like it was starting it, to. I feel like there was like murmurings of that in Atlanta. I could be wrong. We were. We were gonna pull. They were gonna pull the trigger on it, and it fell apart. Oh, and wow. this is about nine years ago. But I would have loved to do that reboot or work on this next movie, the the next Deadwood that's coming out. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, cool. Um, thanks so much for joining us again, Charlie. Your your presence has been felt in a very good way uh, here. We are so excited and, and we were so um, happy to talk with you. And thanks for joining us and giving us your time. Can you tell our audience where they can follow you, like on Twitter or social media? Yeah, you know, I don't really use the Twitter much, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you can. <laughs> I definitely respond if you hit me up on Facebook. Uh, there's Charlie Talbert or Charlie Talbert Comedian, but just go to the Charlie Talbert uh, uh, site. Uh, I just really, I, I veer away from social media as much as I can, except for I'm kind of falling in love with Instagram. Yeah. And uh, right, right now that's uh, at Charlie Talbert underscore big guy in the tie. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Charlie. I think that wraps it up for us. If you guys want to hit us up on social media, we're at PassForwardCast. And if you want to email us, PassForwardCast at AOL.com. So I guess that's it. Uh, Until next time. Always remember these words and live by them. Screw them! You got a boner in your stomach? (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Later, Snorks. All right, later, guys. Pass Forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Not! <laughs>